You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 360. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. He is Brandon Lee Gowton of bleedinggreennation.com. I had to put my dog down recently, as I mentioned in recent episodes. My cat, then, my cat Butters, my my dog's name was Charlie. My cat Butters then subsequently had... Uh, I mean, he was in bad, bad shape on Sunday, and then even worse on Monday. I brought him to the emergency room. Pretty sure I was going to have to put him down too this week. Would have been really rough. But Butters did not have a three sixty uh, like the like the episode number we're on. He had a one eighty. Mm. He has turned around, and he is doing very well again. Brandon, he just bit my ankle like wow. like nobody's business. So like when he like wants food or he wants something from you and you're not paying enough attention to him, he will just flat out bite your ankle. Mm. And he just did that to me a little bit ago, which means that my boy's feeling better. But yeah, he was doing, he was in bad shape, but he wasn't eating. He's totally lethargic, like wasn't moving at all. But uh, yeah, he's had a kind of a remarkable turnaround um, over the last couple of days. And yeah. Let's clap my it up boy for Butters. Butters. Uh, for, we for the rebound we hope butters continues to do well he's <laughs> obviously a great friend and a big part of the podcast because he's you know in the background sometimes sure um he jumps up on my desk sometimes and rubs his noise. head against the microphone yeah. meows every now and again okay uh, but anyway he's doing better so uh good news to start the podcast well what what could you celebrate with that good news with jimmy mm, probably some wrong crowd beer yeah that's right yeah all right well, maybe I'll be going to Wrong Crowd Beer in Westchester, PA. Stop in and see them on your own, uh, where they have good food, good beer. And you can also, or if, you know, if you don't live in the Westchester area, you can order online from them, wrongcrowdbeer.com. Or you can just stop in wherever you buy your beer, and they probably will have some Wrong Crowd Beer there. And if they don't, tell them, yo, dude, or do that. Give me some Wrong Crowd Beer in here. So that I can buy it, bring it home, consume it responsibly. And of course, if you know, you're over 21. So wrongcrowdbeer.com, the best beer in the history of the universe, much like Kristen Roach, who is right. the best realtor in the history of the universe. <laughs> A lot only, of uh only the best here. We would never advertise anything unless they were the best in the universe uh, yep. of all time. That's so, the standard. <laughs> wrongcrowdbeer.com uh anyway we got a lot to get to in this episode eagles 
Commander's Preview. But before we get to all that, I've gotten a lot of questions about whether uh, Howie Roseman and the Eagles are done making moves prior to the trade deadline. You know, after, I mean, they solved their, maybe not solved, we don't know yet, but they addressed what I think you and I thought were, was their most glaring need, really their only absolutely glaring need on the roster, which was safety uh, by trading for Kevin Byard. Do you think they're done, first of all? And then maybe you and I will, maybe, and we'll get, we'll each give uh, our most likely position to be addressed. What say you? I think it's funny the way you phrase that as if like people are just coming up to you on the street. And like, <laughs> Jimmy, and maybe they are. Social social media, social media, of course, right. is where these people are asking me these questions. I, I mean, there's been rumors out there that Howie isn't done. That even came from Albert Breer suggested as much on right after the Kevin Byer trade happened. Mm-hmm. Diana Rossini now saying that from The Athletic that Howie's not necessarily done. I saw Thomas Dimitrov, who I think is kind of saw that too. with Howie yeah. at some level, was on a K. Adams show up in Adams. And he also basically suggested the same thing. I mean, he was like, I talked to Howie today. Yeah. So (laughs) whenever he, whenever he did that interview, he said, I talked to Howie today. I mean, it's not surprising in the sense that why would Howie be done? The trade deadline isn't until next week. You should be talking to everyone and seeing Mm -hmm. what's out there, what's available. You have until 4 PM that day on uh, October 31st, Halloween. So he should be taking it up to the deadline. And if you're in the attitude of, hey, we're making a run here, and that's what you do when you add someone like Kevin Byard, well, yeah, why would you stop there? Why would you not continue to explore what else is out there? Linebacker keeps being brought up in, like, uh, Albert Beer mentioned that. He specifically threw out maybe, like, Josie Jewell, who I actually liked a lot um, when he was a draft prospect. I thought he was mm-hmm. slept on, and he's been a nice little player there for the Broncos. Was he Iowa? Yep, Iowa. Okay. I noticed him, I'm not like the biggest college football guy, but I happened to be watching some Penn State football games at the time, and I remember like he looked really good against them and some other teams too. Uh, I have a friend who's a Michigan State fan, so I saw some of those games too. Anyway, um, but I don't. I guess I don't think they would do much at linebacker because I think they're kind of content with what they have. I mean, I don't think they would give up a premium resource there. So uh, what position do you think they're going to address? So I think top of the list should be slot corner still. I think that's probably still in play. I think they would have liked to have gotten uh, a little bit more of a look at Bradley Roby, but of course he got hurt in the first game that he played in and he missed last week. He'll probably miss this game against the commanders. Didn't practice. And we'll get to the injury report too, but he didn't practice on Wednesday. So he probably isn't going to play. And they have other options, like Eli Ricks played well on Sunday Night Football against the Dolphins. Uh, Josiah Scott played okay in that game as well. Mm-hmm. Of course, they've moved uh, James Bradbury into slot here and there. I don't think that's a realistic option. You know, I don't think they want to be doing that going forward. That would be more matchup-based, I feel like, if anything. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, after they traded for Kevin Byard, that maybe means that Sidney Brown will get some more opportunities in the slot as well, like he did earlier in the season. So they have options there. It's not like they're totally like, it's not, it's again, like, like I said, safety was their real glaring need that they had to address right now. They, now that they address that, I don't think slot corner is that glaring, but what it could do if you had a slot corner is you can improve your depth, both in the slot and on the outside, Mm -hmm. Because so, for example, like let's say you trade for a starting caliber 
slot corner. Let's say just Kenny Moore, for example, from the Colts. He's now your starter. Bradley Roby or whoever is now your backup slot. Mm-hmm. But he can also be your backup on the outside too. So like Josh Job is, I think, a player that is worth continued development. But I'm not so sure how comfortable I, I would be with the Eagles with him being my starter mm. should Darius Slay or James Bradbury go down. I feel a lot more comfortable with Bradley Roby probably playing on the outside than I would Job. So you had a slot corner, and now Roby gives you more depth at both of those spots. In addition to the other guys that they've kind of mixed in there, like Josiah Scott and Eli Ricks and Job and whoever else. Uh, but I think you really improve your depth in addition to – you know, getting a much better starter. If you like, for example, if he did get Kenny Moore or whatever, you, can, you improve all around, both in your starting lineup and your depth. I think that's. I think that makes a lot of sense to me uh, for them to continue to pursue slot corners. And the player you mentioned makes sense specifically, right? Kenny Moore. You kind of yeah. mentioned him as a in one of your articles. Is he on the last year of his deal? Uh oh, he. Point being, uh, he's like, got either one or two. He's not a foundational uh, player for the Colts at this point. I think in their timeline, it feels like someone like they, and especially, I mean, I don't know if the Colts are going to go out to be sellers, but you think they would maybe lean that way, considering you know Anthony Richardson's done for the year anyway. Um, they've been good. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not winning a Super Bowl with with uh, Gardner Minshew. <laughs> like, so uh, it makes sense, and he's an older player, Kenny Moore, at this point. Right. So it makes he's twenty eight, which isn't that old, but I guess at that position. You know, guys start to get a little older. Slot corner isn't, you know, a, a super valuable position. And yes, to answer your question, I'm just looking at it here now. Right. Uh, he is in the final year of his so, deal. $7.5 million salary this season, which, of course, the Colts have already pro- paid probably around two and a half, three million of that. Um, so, you know, it'd be a little bit costly, I guess, to bring him in financially, but mm-hmm. not, you know, you're not breaking the bank, of course, to bring him in and substantially improve your secondary if you do bring him in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be interested in that, depending on the cost. I really don't think running back is a position where you have to spend resources, but man, I really don't love the Eagles depth there right now. If God Agreed. forbid something happens to DeAndre Swift, like Kenny Gainwell all of a sudden is your top running back. Like we've seen him not look very good and they don't want to use Boston Scott a lot. I think Boston Scott is fine as a second running back who you can sprinkle in. So, and I guess at that point, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, they've talked about or Rashad Penny's name is, come up i feel like you can't trade him because if something does happen unless you make another move for someone else yeah right unless you add a different running back right yeah but like right as it currently stands no you can't because if something does happen to deandre swift you i know rashad penny is clearly like falling out of favor and hasn't impressed in limited playing time but i mean i still trust his ceiling he's done whatever he's done in the nfl is way better than kenny gainwell has ever done or shown signs of like a ceiling being intriguing so i feel like you have to keep him around um and the swift thing is relevant considering it's not like he's missed a ton of games in his career but he's got he's kind of had a reputation of getting like banged up and then not being as effective right, in right. different seasons so uh including last year so uh I, the running back thing like makes me a little bit nervous like they either they either if they don't like penny then they should try to get someone i feel like uh, not to the extent where, again, you're giving up a, a primary resource for like Jonathan Taylor or something, but they should get someone in here a little bit better, more intriguing. Um, anything else in the trade stuff? Yeah, I guess the other spot too, which they're always looking for edge rushers, but I could see them going after another edge rusher because, you know, after Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat, you have Brandon Graham, who's you know still fine, I guess, at his at his age, um, not as productive this year as he was a year ago, of course. 
and uh, Derek Barnett, <laughs> who uh, I mean, they're not really giving Nolan Smith many snaps yet, um, and that's there's probably a reason for that. But Derek Barnett is getting at least a decent number of snaps. Like he's getting what do you would you say like ten to fifteen snaps per game, uh, somewhere in that Something range. Like that, and he. I think he's been kind of borderline on a number of plays where he could have gotten, I think he was close to like getting a personal foul. And he's, so he's been on the field for 52 pass rush opportunities this year. You know how many Harry's he has? Um, None. Zero is correct. He's got no Harry's, he's got no quarterback hits. And of course he has no sacks. So he has just done nothing uh, as a pass rusher this year. He's been okay in on run defense, but that is so easily replaced. Yeah, and, that's yeah, right. Anyone is. So, um, I it, and I, I don't. Did I mention the incident that you he did. had against yeah, the in the Jets game? That yeah. In detail. So I won't do that again. Um, but basically, he almost hit. He almost like he almost like got into it with an official. <laughs> he got the short short version is that happened, and then he got reamed the hell out for a while. Uh, by Nick Sirianni on the sideline. And I wonder, like, at what point do they just go, we got to get him out because he's going to cost us in a big situation. We're not getting anything productivity-wise out of him other than just him going in and playing some snaps and getting some guys, like, a little bit of a rest. At one point, is that just worth – is that just not worth yeah. the risk of having him on the field? Think about the calculus so think- here. Like, upside, okay, run defender. Downside <laughs> yeah. could cost us really badly with a dumb penalty. Hmm. <laughs> right. So I wonder if like they might trade just for like a, you know, a serviceable backup uh, on the edge uh, that can give them some snaps here and there just to, uh, you know, kind of give like Hassan Raddick and Josh Sweat and Brandon Graham Russ whenever they need it. So um, and then if they do that, then just <whistles> bye Barnett. Um, I, I, I could see that happening as well. Derek Barnett has failed to log a stat in five of his seven games this year. In terms of just he's got what score. two tackles or three something I yeah three four two some kind of low number and he only has one sack and four quarterback hits over his last sixteen games combined. It's not good. So <laughs> analysis hashtag analysis. It's not good. What is the point? Uh, it was so insane when they signed him to that deal. Like that never that was such like a weird <laughs> re-signing. Uh, I'm trying to look up Travis Gibson because there was talk that he could be available. I remember before the season. I don't know what he's okay. done since for the Bears this year. I, I feel like he he's. At, I think you've mentioned him before, haven't yeah. you? One of your guys. Well, because he's like, well, he was with Sean Desai in Chicago. So, uh, you know, there's like okay. kind of a connection there. You know, he has one sack this year. You know, maybe was he the guy that like, hurt Hurts last year? What's that? Was he the guy that injured Hurts last I year? I think he was. Yeah. Yeah, get him on the team so he can't hurt Jalen Hurts anymore. Don't That's let him right. practice against him. Don't let him practice against Jalen Hurts. But uh, I was looking at him. I was thinking about, like, I know Jerry Hughes is getting older. He had, like, nine sacks last year. That could be your Robert Quinn lighted draft pick on fire trade, maybe, if he's done. <laughs> right. But someone like that, I, I don't think – I wouldn't be opposed to taking another crack at the Robert Quinn trade, but going after a player, hopefully, who is, like, less of a being cooked as I think Queen clearly yeah. more so was, um, and I think they don't kinda... ask Chris Long's opinion of uh, of the edge rusher they're going after this this time around. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if uh, I don't know if that's a well known thing, but yeah. they Chris Long gave input because he was a former teammate of I think of Robert Quinn mm-hmm. and had you know very good things to say about him. Probably Jeez. more as a person than a player. Maybe maybe as a player too. I don't I don't know, but. Uh, just skip that this time. Speaking of podcasters, <laughs> no, obviously. No offense, Chris. No, yeah. I mean, I don't want to take a shot at Chris Long. Every, Chris Long's yeah. great. 
love Chris uh, Long. Love his yeah. podcast. Speaking of podcasters, prolific podcasters that have to do with the Eagles, Jimmy, you got jobbed. You got uh, ripped off on uh, New Heights this week. Because, I did. Did you hear about that? Yeah, a lot of people sent that to me. Oh. So the first one that the first person that uh, that mentioned it to me, I forget who it was, but they were like, uh, they talked about your your animal stat. Yeah. Uh, on New Heights, it's at the one seventeen mark. They didn't tell me yet though that. They like that that I got jobbed as you mentioned. You so I went, I go listen to it, and they read my tweet yeah. verbatim. And, and they, but also, like, Travis Kelsey is like positing <laughs> it as we're going to call that. Hmm, I think we can call that an, animal what animal analytics. Like he said, it <laughs> analytics. As he came up with it. It's like, what are you doing? Like on the spot, we're going to call that analytics. Now, to be clear, I don't think Jason Kelsey and Travis. And they, so they didn't mention me at all. To be clear, they didn't mention they didn't mention my name. It was my tweet. They read it verbatim and. You know, they kind of they just kind of took it as their own. And um, so I don't think Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey are stealing my content. I didn't. I do think what probably happened is like a producer found that tweet or somebody sent it to them and they just put it, put that copy in front Mm -hmm. of uh, Jason and Travis or whatever. And then they just read whatever that that because Jason actually has read another tweet of mine before and he did credit me for that that was that was uh you know the, the 49ers were still crying about you know uh brock purdy getting hurt yeah. in the nfc championship game and how they would have won that game instead and you know the the third quarterback rule and all that stuff i had mentioned that well the eagles had carson wentz go down against the seahawks in the wild card round and what was that 2019 2019 regular and then, season no, it was the playoff. Game. I mean, it was the the playoffs attached to the 2019 regular season. And then uh, McCown came in, and then he got hurt, tore his hamstring, couldn't do anything in that game. Stayed in and played, but couldn't really couldn't do anything. And uh, the Eagles lost because of that. Mm-hmm. But the Eagles didn't bitch about it for the next five or six months, and the NFL didn't change any rules the because Eagles... of their circumstances in that game. And, and, uh, not only and Jason they... Kelsey actually read that read yes. that tweet on the on, on on his podcast. Not only did they not bitch about it, they went out and like did something about it. They drafted Jalen Hurts because they felt like they it was important to have a backup quarterback <laughs> that they could actually count on. Yes, uh, and invest more in that position. So they actually like took a proactive step as opposed to they took accountability and said, "What can we do about this?" As opposed to pointing the finger at everyone else and saying it's everyone else's fault and everything needs to change. And we we didn't do anything dumb. So yeah, it's a big difference. And yes, I'm not trying to say that Jason Kelsey and or Travis Kelsey like knowingly ripped you off. And I don't know if the producers for sure did what you said. It's possible. I'm not trying to point blame at anyone specifically. I'm just pointing blame at the entirety of the thing because they clearly ripped you off. And yeah. I just think they they owe. And I'm not saying they're dead to us, but I'm saying uh, I feel like a little issue <laughs> or a little correction could be issued on the next pod. Or a little, you know, a little mistake, a little hat tip to you on the next pod could be. Uh, a nice, I, they don't nice have to move. do that. I don't need a. I don't need a correction. Don't don't need a correction. But just don't do it again. Don't do it again, or I'm gonna start busting That's some right. heads. Actually, the funny thing about when they when they mentioned that uh, you know the, the Carson Wentz uh, uh, McCown tweet was uh, uh, Jason was talking about it to Travis as if like Travis had has any clue in the world of who I am. He goes, "Oh, you know, Jimmy Kemsky had yeah. this tweet that said blah 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 blah." <laughs> As if like Travis has any clue who I right. am whatsoever. So that was kind of funny just listening to that. But no, I love I love their podcast. Same. No correction necessary. No, they you, just, you, they should they should say it. I mean, they don't have but don't, to. But 
It'd be but, a good like, move. I'm, I mean, the next time they play an animal team, I'm going to put like, you know, the Eagles are, they've won, that they have a chance of winning 12 in a row. And if they win that game, there's going to be a tweet. They have now 12 in the, won the last 12 games against animal teams. Don't steal that tweet again. Just don't do it again. And we're good. Okay. Well, that's very (laughs) forgiving of you. I think you, I don't think they have to, but I think it would be nice if they did issue a little bit. Fair enough. Acknowledge it, but whatever. Up to them. <laughs> I don't think I need to tell the number one sports podcast in the world, whatever it is, how to operate. Anyway, uh, yeah, I could have had like all these Taylor Swifty, these these Swifty right? fans that right. uh, could have been introduced to me. By the way, the, now they're not. This is for down the road, but I do have a Taylor Swift, uh, you know, Kelsey take coming up for the Eagles Chiefs game. I do. I was thinking today, like, should okay. I write this article? It could be incendiary that the Swifties on me but uh for another time for now we are turning our focus on to Eagles Commanders week eight we'll start by going through the injury report here we only have the Wednesday injury report officially as of me saying this right now but the the new one could actually come out during the pod so we'll keep it, an eye on it almost certainly will yeah but I think in in any case we kind of have a good idea of what it's going to look like because the Eagles only had three players listed on it which is an upgrade from recent weeks where they've had a lot more than that they had 11 last week in, in, in advance of the Dolphins game. 11, so it went 11 to 3. So getting Pretty healthier. Pretty big deal. And yeah. number one, most important thing, Jalen Hurts is not listed on the injury report, which is a little weird because, I mean, this, he's admittedly, you know, battling through something and banged up. Yeah. At the same time, so are most players. And you can't, you don't just list the whole team on the injury report. Everyone's dealing with some kind of being nicked up. But the fact that the Eagles are not listing him seems like a pretty positive sign. Yeah, he's wearing a knee brace. Um, small one, evidently. I think somebody, John McMullen, tweeted a picture of it uh, from, from practice. We're, we're recording this around 4 o'clock, by the way, on Thursday. Um, John McMullen tweeted a picture of, of him in the knee brace. Um, you know, he even said during his press conference he was wearing a brace. So, yeah, I mean, he's not 100%, but he's not on the injury report. So, as Bradley Roby did not practice. Um, I don't even remember the other two. I think it was uh, Milton. Milton Williams, Williams was limited. It seems limited. like he'll be able to play. He was out of practice on Heel, Thursday. Heel, I think it was, right? That's so that's new. new. Yeah, he was previously listed last week with a knee issue, but it seems like he'll be okay. And if not, he'll be so deep at defensive tackle. And yeah, the, the big one is that Reed Blankenship went from not playing last week to being full participation from the jump this week, which is a really positive sign. The last time he had a ribs injury, he only missed one game. And he had said at the time that he thinks he could have actually maybe played in that game because it was from week one to week two when the Eagles went from yeah. Sunday to Thursday. So, you know, Reed's a pretty tough player. Uh, and I think it's really exciting potentially that the Eagles already have, you know, Reed Blankenship and Kevin Byard out there from the get-go. Real quick on Kevin Byard, by the way. Interested to see his aesthetic as a member of the Eagles because when he played for the Titans, he always wore that red sleeve, which is kind of nice to... Uh, spot when you're watching yeah. Titans highlights or film <laughs> yeah. you can see oh that's him that's Kevin Byard right there easily and I think Johnny Page our good friend Johnny Page who has some good breakdowns on bleedinggreennation.com including a Kevin Byard one coming up uh often wore red shoes too so I wonder if he's going to wear some things that make him stand out a little bit more the fact that he doesn't have much of a like flexibility with that like the Titans can get away with that red thing but the Eagles don't really have like like what's he gonna wear? What kind of sleeve would he wear? Like a he white can wear sleeve? that one like the week of Christmas, the red sleeve. You can do a Kelly green sleeve. He can go green and red, uh, and yeah, you can go green sleeve. Sure, when you can go black sleeve. That, but yeah, uh, but black sleeve. Black sleeve. That's yeah. That's too like it just it doesn't pop out. It doesn't stand out. He needs something that like gives a little bit of a flash. I don't know. We'll okay. see. 
But anyway, uh, it's great news for the Eagles that they expect to have Reed Blankenship back in addition to Kevin Byard being able to play here. So uh, you go camo sleeve like Carson Wentz. No, that's, that's well, <laughs> that's a not a good sign. They should just retire that, right? The camo sleeve. I mean, maybe if it's uh, military. <laughs> Appreciation Month, that's one thing. Eh, even then, just bad vibes with the, I agree. Ca- the Carson Wentz camo sleeve. I agree. <laughs> we can leave that there. And then on the commander side of things, because that's really it from the Eagles side, uh, if we didn't mention Bradley Roby. You already mentioned that earlier. Bradley, Bradley Yeah, you Roby. mentioned yeah, right at the top. Yeah. Maybe he'll be able to be back next week. We'll see. Because uh, they didn't put him on IR. Commander's side, they're missing some players. They're a little bit banged up here, uh, which is... Uh, worth noting that I think three starters for them basically didn't practice. Yeah, nobody's super important. Like, you know, the last two games, Miami had Teron Armstead, Xavier, Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, even three huge players for mm-hmm. them. And then the Jets, of course, were without Sauce. They're without DJ Reed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Their right tackle, Eliza Vera Tucker. Oh, right. They, they had some they have injury. They, they had some offensive line issues, Vera Tucker and – uh Dwayne Brown was out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, th- th- this isn't on that level, but the starting linebacker mm-hmm. in Cody Barton. He's their top um, linebacker. He's the green dot linebacker. He's the one who's yes. doing it. Yeah, so I actually listened little... into the Jack the Jack uh, Q uh, Del Rio uh, press conference. <laughs> so, like, I, I turn on the opposing team's uh, – like, I follow the opposing team's Twitter account, and mm-hmm. I turn on notifications for them the week that the Eagles play them so that, like, I know when their injury report comes like, out. It's a little behind like the scenes here. And it popped up that like his press conference was starting, and I'm like, somebody ask him about the touch push. Like, I was I was on a walk, the <laughs> walk slash run. I'm like, somebody ask about the touch push. Do it, do it. Give me some content. And then somebody did, and he didn't take the bait. Oh. This time. Like the, if you remember before the last game, he was like, oh, we're gonna get that out of the game because it's not a football play, Madouche. So uh, <laughs> this time around, he was more just complimentary I can't about he said that. That's crazy that he just. Admitted that <laughs> it was a crazy admission during his press conference, and then this time around, he uh, he was like, "Yeah, they Kelsey's he's got speed." Uh, he's he's like, "Oh, he actually he did kind of throw a little bit of uh, a a little bit of shade, mm. I guess, about uh, jail not at Jalen Hurts, but he was like, yeah, you got the quarterback, you know, mm. he can he can squat a thousand pounds or whatever it is." <laughs> <laughs> it was something like that. Um, so, yeah, anyway, he didn't take the bait this time. I forget where I was going with that. Oh, yeah, so he mentioned, uh, you know, about – somebody asked him about the green dot helmet, whether uh, it would be worn by uh, – I forget the name. Oh, David Mayo is going to be <laughs> Cody Barton's replacement. And then they were like, well, who will wear it instead? Will it be Cam Curl? And he wouldn't answer the question. He was like, it'll just be somebody that's on the defense the whole time. So you're right. Cody Barton is the green dot helmet wearer. Probably not. Gonna, actually, he's definitely not going to play this week because he, he even said during yeah. that press conference he's not going to play. Um, anyway, the other the other injury, Sadiq Charles, the worst of their starting five along their offensive line. He's their starting left guard. Not a big loss if he doesn't play. Uh, and well, Curtis Samuel. I mean, Samuel. it's still like not great that he's starting yeah, for a bad offensive line. And like true. they think he's one of their best players. And now they're going to have to use a rookie. A rookie, sorry. A rookie. His name is Ricky Stromberg. Rookie in his place. Third round rookie, I think, too, right? Yep. Uh, I think he's a center coming out of college, Ricky Stromberg, from, I want to say, Kentucky? I don't know. I'm not sure on that. Um, but, yeah, he uh, – maybe the maybe the new guy will be better. Cause like this, Possibly. So this guy, the first three games of the season, 
Sadiq Charles was horrendous, but he actually didn't play horribly against the Eagles uh, in that week four game. So I don't know, maybe it, maybe it's a bigger loss than I'm making it out to be. And then Curtis Samuel had, uh, I think, like seven catches for 50-something yards uh, against the Eagles week four. Not a high yards per catch average, but, you know, did make some plays in that game. Mm-hmm. He's got a foot injury, didn't play. Uh, the other notable, I guess, one is Sam Cosme. He's the other starting guard. He's uh, the right guard, uh, has a hip injury. He was limited, so he'll probably play, but that's worth monitoring as, as the as the week goes on. Yeah, so not good news for the commanders for the most part, other than getting Fedarian Mathis back potentially. Uh, more depth on the defensive interior for them. I'm looking at oh, this. One more. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Derek Forrest uh, was one of their starting safeties. He went on IR like a week or two ago. Okay. Um, so he, he won't play. And then Jeremy Reeves. Yes. Former who, Eagle. You've probably seen the video of him uh, where he got uh, named to the either. Well, he got named to the Pro Bowl and All Pro mm-hmm. last year, but there's a video of where he made one or the other. Uh, and he was like crying in uh, Ron Rivera's office because mm-hmm. he had like had some crazy journey through the NFL or whatever. As you mentioned, he was at one point with the Eagles and he was with a bunch of other teams, but um, got like really persevered. Really, very cool story, that guy. Uh, but he won't be playing either because he's on IR. Yeah, he got hurt, uh, I think, a couple weeks ago. He, he played in the last Eagles game. So another hit to their special teams unit. I want to read real quickly this quote from your favorite defensive coordinator in the NFL <laughs> uh, because I'm looking at this tweet from John Keim uh, over at Hogshaven Del Rio and the Eagles tush push slash brotherly shove quote, they do it better than anyone else in the league right now. We'll take our shot at it. We hope to keep them out of those situations. The less push tush or whatever the heck it is that we line <laughs> up against the better end quote. You're like, come on. Like he really doesn't know the name. Like yeah, 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 being yeah, asked right. about it. It's all like instead he calls it like push tush as if he doesn't know yeah. the name. Like, come on, right. whatever, loser. Uh, all right, let's take a break here. Oh, it's just like it's just like it's like fake tough guy stuff. It's like oh whatever. Like I'm like I'm above knowing whatever. Like whatever. It's just fake. It's it's a fake. Well, thing. you know what? What he didn't mention, what John Kime didn't mention there too, is the other the other part like of that of that of his answer in addition to like you know the the specifics on why they're good at it with Kelsey and Hertz and on you know the thousand pound squats or whatever. Uh he also like he said that he wasn't hopeful that they were going to be able to stop it. They were like, are you did you or did you figure out a different plan on how to stop it? And he was basically just like, no, we just got to keep them out of those situations where they can't run it. Right. So he was like he was basically kind of not not necessarily waving the waving the white flag uh, on defending it, but, you know, just kind of seemed a little defeated by, you know, knowing that the, the Eagles are probably going to convert if they have to run it. Between the thousand pounds thing and the push tush comment, it's just very, like, condescending <laughs> and yes. gross. Okay, let's take a break here since we went long first segment, and we'll get more into the actual preview itself. So, Jimmy, we will be back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back here on BGN Radio. Jimmy, real quickly. I mean, take as much time as you need, but, you know. Okay. Let's go through along. Uh, if I was looking to buy, sell, or rent a house... Huh. In yeah, New Jersey. I know the answer to this. Yeah. Or if I was looking to connect with a realtor who isn't in New Jersey, who would I contact? Yeah, if you're in PA and you need a realtor, uh, certainly Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors can uh, can hook you up with one. Um, but yeah, uh, if you're looking to buy or sell your home, call Kristen Roach. Again, as noted earlier, as voted on by God as the best realtor in the history of the universe. Apparently, we played the jingle during the last episode, too, mm. which uh, we haven't been doing uh, in recent episodes. But uh, Rich Bobby was happy that the jingle was brought back. Boom. But anyway, you can call her at 856-906-9295. Again, 856-906-9295 if you are looking to buy or sell your home. I feel like these are two different. Well, they're definitely two different teams. These are teams trending in two different directions. That's what I meant to say. Entering week eight. Since the last time the Eagles and Commanders have played, I think the Eagles are figuring things out a little bit more. No, they lost to the Jets. Mm-hmm. But I think holistically, especially coming off of this Dolphins game, the Eagles are kind of figuring it out. Whereas the Commanders are very much not. And I know they have that one win over the Falcons in there. But they didn't even look good in that game let me let me break it down week by week i'll I'll take it in order so they take the eagles to uh, overtime almost i mean if they were smart they could have went for two had a chance to win at the end it's still insane that they didn't do that insane they blow it whatever they lose they host the chicago bears who had been on a 14 game losing streak and not only lose to them get destroyed (laughs) by them at home when it's hard, it was typically. it was fourteen. It was fourteen games. That's crazy. Oh, right, because I guess that was the Bears' first uh, win this season. Yep, that's crazy. Fourteen game win streak or well, losing streak. That's almost crazy. Almost a year, like almost a whole <laughs> three hundred and sixty-five days without, and they get destroyed by that. They team. got smoked in that game. Again, yeah, at home when typically it's tougher for teams, you know, that travel on Thursday night football because of the tight crunch already going from Sunday to Thursday, then having to add travel into that. Oh, that, that was the game they couldn't cover DJ Moore. Yep. Like Manuel Forbes got roasted by him yep. all, all night until they benched him in, during that game after he had gotten roasted all day the previous week by AJ Brown. So that was what happened after the Eagles game. Then they go on to play the Atlanta Falcons on the road. They win the game, but they got outplayed. The Falcons gained like oh, like four hundred and two yards to the Commanders one hundred and ninety something. Yeah, they they like in any kind of category, first downs, penalties, any kind of key category, except obviously points, which is the most important one and turnovers, which is the big issue. Why the Falcons didn't win that. But to me, that just says more about like the Falcons beat themselves in that game than the commanders really like beat them. And then they lost to the Giants, the New York Giants, who have been horrendous this year and only scored one touchdown against them. And that touchdown was off of what like a a uh, a muffed punt by the Giants like it was a short field touchdown like that's it that's all they did against the Giants so they've been pretty pathetic their offensive line is still in shambles but 
uh, you're seeing the the signs of frustration here too after the game in Week Seven with the Eagles or the Commanders losing to the Giants. You had uh, Jonathan Allen come out and basically say it's been seven years of this, like feeling effing sick of this. So I think it they, was a profanity laden tirade by Jonathan Allen after their game against the Giants. You're starting to see, and that, I think that's important to note because I think in Week Four. Commanders were still two and one. They still, in theory, had like the season in front of them. Hey, we get a win today over the Eagles. We're three and one. Like there was still hope for them. And in recent weeks, I think some of that hope, especially after this loss to the Giants, has been beaten out of them. Whereas in that other game, they were coming off that bad loss to the Bills. They wanted to get that taste out of their mouths. They still had hope for the season. And now it's more like, oh no, like the season's going poorly. It's another, it's another year of being like a lost season. So I think definitely think that's a different vibe of where the commanders are at nor the Eagles are at where their Eagles are kind of like, Hey, we're figuring things out. We're making uh, positive progress. We're we're building on this. So I think they're kind of pointing in opposite directions right now. Yeah. I know you don't like when uh, the Eagles play the same opponent uh, in close proximity with when they played in the last time. So they played in week four. Now they're playing them again, week eight Um, in that game week four, a lot of weird things happened that yes. game that went against the Eagles and they won anyway. And, and it actually took like, you know, a, a touchdown with you know, zero seconds left on the clock to even get it to overtime. Mm-hmm. But just to recap the weirdness in that game, they had that weird holding call on Nicholas Morrow that they actually called on Zach Cunningham. Mm-hmm. And then you watched like the replay of it, like the all 22 and he clearly did not hold Morrow didn't hold anyone. Mm-hmm. That was a four point play because they had yeah. kicked a field goal. And instead of and scoring like a, a touchdown on that drive too, I think like I'm, I'm a big believer in like, that's the opening drive for the commanders that builds confidence for them. Like when they get a touchdown yeah. there, they're like, Hey, we're feeling good as like, it's not just that they got the points. It's that when it, they came in the game. Yeah. Terrell Edmonds dropping like the, not a super easy interception, but it went right to him and he just didn't catch it. He just didn't catch the interception. Yep. That was a four, that was a seven point drop because yep. again, commanders score a touchdown on that drive. Eagles forced a fumble at the goal line, which right. you know, normally when that happens, the defense is going to recover that like two out of three times, I'd say, somewhere in that ballpark. I don't have any like analytics to support that. Well, but or it could bounce out of the end zone. You know. Anecdotally, yeah, a lot of different bad things can happen uh, when you fumbled near the end zone. And the commanders returned, re- recovered it for a touchdown. So uh, that was a little bad luck there. You had the weird, you know, offsides call or, yeah. up on Landon which just Dickerson. Yeah. Which, yeah, which, and it wasn't even him in this last game. It was Jason Kelsey's arm that they mistook for Landon Dickerson's arm. But whatever, that's a different story. Dickerson was called for offsides there, but like on the, but also, and he was, he actually was offsides, but like, so are like three commanders players. Like on that play, like, yeah. Duran Payne has a helmet like well over well, the football. His hand, his under hand the ball. was literally touching the ball, uh, on like before the snap. You know, weird pass interference call on Darius Slay. Uh, Terrell Evans had that kind of weak, like late hit out of bounds where you like Sam Howell's running for a first down. And if he doesn't hit him, then he's going to get the first down. Right. He does hit him and he gets a penalty for it. So like, there's kind of like no way to win. And like mm-hmm. when the quarterback is near the, near the sideline like that. So that was kind of a weird call. And again, like you have all these things that are happening in in that game and the Eagles won anyway, like they overcame all that stuff. Whereas if the, the weirdness hadn't happened, and then by the way, like all that kind of stuff evens out. Like I think the Eagles kind of did uh, benefit from 
you know, some call no calls uh, against the Dol- against the Dolphins on Sunday night. Yes. So like, I don't want to make this all about like officiating or whatever because it does even out over time. Right. But you know, a lot a lot of a lot of those things that happened in that Commanders game were non official related, and uh, I, I don't think that game is really all that close. If the if the weirdness just isn't there, I think the Eagles probably win by at least a touchdown in regulation. So. um you know, I, I think that obviously, I mean, obviously, not not I think, but obviously, the Eagles are a far, far more talented team uh, than this Commanders team, and and um, you know, I don't, I don't think it's, I mean, they certainly don't want it to be as close as it was during the last game. But I'm actually surprised that the line is only like six and a half. I, I would have expected it to be a little bit bigger than that, even on the road. It's actually gone up to seven, which we'll get to our oh, has it okay, later, right. which I think is a good sign too in the Eagles' favor there, moving towards their end. On the officiating part, five first downs, I believe, is what they gave up um, to penalties, which is like the most they've given up in the Sirianni era, I think. The Hurt Sirianni Hurts era. Like, it's, it's, that's not typical to give up five first downs off penalties. So that took like another, like, very unusual circumstance for the commanders to be in that game. And a lot of those were like, you know, it's not, uh, it's not like first down. And then there's a penalty, and now it's like, you know, resetting first down again. It's like, it was like third down, you know, high leverage penalties, basically. Like like penalties in high leverage spots that helped continue the drives for the commander. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with that sentiment overall. It was a weird game in that, and that's football. Like, sometimes things go your way a certain day, and that's why that game was close. But if we're talking about, you know, what are the chances of that happening again? I feel like not as likely because it feels like it'd be, it's possible they could get lucky again like that, but they also kind of had that in last year's game in Philly. So it feels like maybe that's not going to carry over for three straight games now. So I, I definitely think that element is worth noting and that even though these teams played recently ish, I think they are in different spots than they were, but why don't we dive into the actual, matchups we'll start with yeah. the Eagles offense versus the commander's defense because that's the commander's strongest side of the ball there uh and you had mentioned there are, there is a change considering that um the cornerback's name that i'm totally blank emmanuel forbes sam howell what do yeah. you see from the eagles offense versus the commander's defense well, I guess we'll start with the corners because uh, I guess their corners are Kendall Fuller, who's a good player, and Benjamin St. Just, who's an oh, – I mean, that – just just anecdotally, again, just watching Commanders games, that dude is grabby as hell, hmm. commits P.I. all over the place, gets called for it sometimes. Other hmm. times, not. Uh, there's one in the end zone that he clearly should have been called on. They won a game. Uh, I forget. Was that the Falcons game where he clearly interfered with somebody? Maybe it was before that. Who cares? doesn't matter. Um I remember like watch. So JT O'Sullivan, who, you know, runs mm-hmm. the account, the QB school, he did a Jalen Hurts breakdown um, from, from the, you know, Eagles commanders game week four. And he was just killing Jack Del Rio throughout that video <laughs> about like, it was more about just the, 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 the commander's defensive scheme uh, doesn't like what they're doing uh, in pass defense, but even personnel wise, the Eagles kind of, dictated matchups uh, in because they played a lot of 11 personnel because they wanted Forbes on the field. So um, Benjamin St. Juice basically, uh, I mean, he was, he was starting before bench before Forbes got benched, but Forbes was the number three more or less. And St. Juice would move inside when, uh, when um, uh, Forbes would come in in the game and he'd play outside. Mm-hmm. So they're getting matchups outside with Forbes on AJ Brown and 
Brown just bodied that guy in the game. As we mentioned, you know, previously, you know, first of all, after Forbes got drafted by the commanders and then after, you know, mm-hmm. after that game, probably before we previewed that game, yep. we mentioned that Forbes is what, 166 pounds. <laughs> AJ Brown goes two six two twenty six. So he literally had 60 pounds on that guy, but can also, but can also run just as fast. So like it was going to be a mismatch. Clearly, right. like if you're, if you're Jack Del Rio, you want Forbes covering Devonte Smith, mm-hmm. not AJ Brown. Like, I don't know how that happens where you can, you can be, you know, getting him matched up against AJ Brown. And then once AJ Brown is killing him all game, how do you not adjust and figure out a, like a different solution? Just so like Emmanuel Forbes had a hellish day against AJ Brown, but that was as much on Del Rio as it was on Forbes. Uh, in my opinion. So that's not going to happen in this game because again, Forbes is benched and the, you know, the third corner is, is, oh man, what's his name? Uh, I have it here in my notes, but it's not coming up. Blah, 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 blah. Eh, whatever. doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a, kind of a, kind of a Jag type player and he'll play in the slot and St. Jude's will stay outside uh, more than likely, but they got to come up with a better solution in this game. Uh, than what they had for A.J. Brown week one. A.J. Brown, obviously, on the heater that he's on with 41 catches, uh, over 700 yards, uh, over his last three touchdowns, over his last three games. And it hasn't just been Brown. Like we mentioned earlier that D.J. Moore had that big game. He actually had eight catches for 230 and three touchdowns. D.J. Moore, one game against the Commanders. Marvin Mims, two catches, 113 and a touchdown. Stephon Diggs, eight catches, 111 yards. Uh, uh, Drake London had nine catches for 125. Darren Waller is a tight end, but really kind of serves more as like a the, the number one option in in the in the Giants receiving game. Seven catches for 98 and a touchdown. So it's not just AJ Brown who's been killing who killed them this year. There's been a lot of other guys that that have been killing them this year, and they just have not come up with good solutions for their opposing the opposing number one receiver, and they have to get it fixed. But they have not gotten it fixed so far. So that's got to be their, in my opinion, their biggest challenge defensively in this game. Was it Christian Holmes? Is the name you're thinking of? That's it. Yes. Okay. The just a guy. Corner. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Looking at, um, you know, it's a strong defensive front still. Chase Young uh, had a good game, I believe, against Jordan Mailata last time these two teams played. There is, for as much as the Commanders' spirit kind of, I think, is broken to some extent, or. There's some like disillusionment setting in a little bit in terms of, oh, another lost season, especially for the guys like Jonathan Allen who have been there for a long time. There is like motivation for some guys like a Chase Young, like a Montez Sweat, who are potentially uh, available to be moved yeah. prior to the trade deadline so they could really want to show off and like, get me the heck out of here. Get me on a new team. <laughs> yes. So that could yeah. be something. Make an offer they can't refuse. Get get me the hell out of yep. this. Get me the hell out of this franchise. That could be working against the Eagles. And obviously, you know, we saw them struggle uh, against the Jets defensive front. So that's certainly an area that is of concern. Um, but otherwise, I feel like this Eagles offense does seem to be figuring things out. We've seen them improve in the red zone, like we talked about in the Eagles Dolphins recap podcast. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts is going to reach a point where he's just playing cleaner football because if you look over, you know, the, the body of his career, he's not a guy who tends to make those mistakes. I don't know when he'll figure that out, but I tend to think uh, I, I give him the benefit of the doubt that he will at some point. So uh, I think, you know, the Eagles, they put up a lot of offense on the commanders last time. I trust them mm-hmm. to be able to mostly do that again. I don't think the commanders have the, you know, the personnel to totally just shut them down. Yeah, my, Jordan Mylott has had a great season so far, but 
Uh, he did get smoked by Chase Young in that first game. And Chase Young's actually been very good in the, he's actually only played three games against the Eagles so far, you know, cause he's yeah. been hurt quite a bit over, you know, the, in the early part of his career here. Um, he killed JP one year. I think it was, his, I think it was Chase Young's rookie year. I mean, he just did whatever he wanted to, to Jason Peters. Um, but yeah, he's he's the guy that uh, that I'd be fearing. I mean, forget Montez Sweat on the other side because like he'll be go- going up against Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson will just shut down whoever's over there. But in this matchup, like I, I think uh, you know, for, from the Commanders' perspective, they have to have a big game from Chase Young for for this to be close. Maybe him uh, get like a strip sack or something like that on on uh, Jalen Hurts. Um, and as you mentioned, I think there is added motivation for Chase Young in this game to maybe because you've also like if if some team trades some high pick for you mm-hmm. at the deadline then you you gain a lot of leverage mm-hmm. in contract negotiations going forward because you know no team wants to trade a high pick right. for a guy on the final year of his deal and then have that guy walk in free agency so you know it's it's it is like an opportunity for you know one last opportunity for Chase Young mm-hmm. to have a big game just before the trade deadline and he's had kind of a breakout season so far this year like he's a big disappointment overall after being drafted number two in the 2020 draft, mm-hmm. I think it was. Um, it's been, you know, major disappointment for them, really. But this year, starting to turn around. Like, he's got five sacks. He missed one game, so he's got five sacks in six games so far. And he's looked the part. So um, that'd be the matchup that I'd be fearful of most uh, on the offensive side of the ball if I'm the Eagles. Well, that and Sua, too. You know, Sua's coming off a game yep. where he was not good in pass protection. True. So I'm sure the interior, in obviously the... Commanders have a strong interior, so that'll be another spot they're really watching out for. Uh, are you ready to flip to the other side of the ball? I am, Brandon. Well, before we do that, Righteous Selling Craft Jerky is the place where you can get your premier, the best snacks in the universe, as voted on by God. You can go to RighteousSelling.com, <laughs> use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Same discount code works at Wild Nature, sorry, WildRangerPet.com, WildRangerPet.com for 15% off dog treats. So either way, either, you know, honestly, go to both. You know, you have snacks for you. You have snacks for man's best friend. It is the perfect combo. You can check out all the options at RighteousSelling.com. It is the same meat snack that the Philadelphia Eagles players have available to them at the Novacare Complex Fueling Station. So if it's good enough for the birds, must be good enough for you too. Based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, just like Wrong Crowd Beer. So it's local as well. Go to RighteousSelling.com, discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order, and join the many, many BGN radio listeners who have had nothing but positive experiences with Righteous Felon. Okay, flipping to Eagles defense versus Commander's offense. I think this is a situation where the flukiness, to some extent, that we talked about was really helping the commanders in that game. I talked about the penalties being a big factor. Mm-hmm. And also, like for a commander's offensive line that is allowing the most sacks in the NFL, and Sam Howell was currently on track to be like the most sacked quarterback in a season ever, up there with uh, David Carr. It's just, it was so weird, because last time the Eagles sacked him five times, but it didn't feel like the pressure was as effective as it should have been. Well, three of them were by Nicholas Morrow. So yes. 
you know, it's not like the Eagles defensive line was wrecking their offensive line all day. Mm-hmm. They got pressure. They got pressure consistently, yes. I thought, throughout the day. They did. But Sam Howell just kept getting away from it and mm-hmm. and then and also beating him with some quick throws sometimes. But they they by no stretch did the Eagles defensive line annihilate this mm. bad Well they didn't <laughs> finish. Call, I mean it's called what it is, but bad commander's offensive line. They ultimately didn't finish. I think they got close a lot of times and then he would yeah. just Sam Howell would just run away. He had his biggest rushing performance probably ever. He had forty yards in that game. It did feel like the Eagles were getting close a lot, and they just they couldn't get him down. And maybe that's something they can adjust in terms of this game. And like, you can't just get wild with a pass rush and give him a wide open running lane for him to escape mm-hmm. through because he's quite capable of doing that. Maybe they need to be a little bit more disciplined in their rush. But given the way these Eagles' defensive front is playing, I feel like, and just given how bad this Commanders' offensive line has been, not only not only them in terms of the sacks allowed, but also Sam Howell being part of it and holding on to the ball, not being a guy who gets the ball out quick. And I've also, you know, seen from the guys over at Hogshaven that, you know, there's frustration here with Eric B too, in terms of like not helping. They feel like he's not really helping out Sam Howell and the offensive line with some of the, the play calling and the designs and okay. whatnot in terms of things being more slow developing. Um, you add that all together and it feels to me like the, I just feel like the Eagles offensive defensive line should be able to take over this time and uh, actually finish and win these matchups and get him down or force him into turnovers more often than they did last time. Yeah. So like, I'm sure you've seen your share of giants games so far this year. And it seems like every time they're in prime time or every time, every time I've seen them, they haven't been able to block anybody. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Jones has just been getting, it's been like sack, 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 sack. Mm-hmm. I, I was surprised to see that the commanders have more sacks allowed than the giants. <laughs> As you mentioned, like they're, they're, they're lead, they lead the league in sacks allowed. For them to be worse than the giants is crazy. They've given up 40 sacks so far this season. Giants are actually pretty close to, I think they're like 36 or 37 or something like that. But 40 sacks in the season puts them on pace for 97 sacks allowed on the season. Highest ever, the 1986 Eagles with 104. I guess at that time they were probably uh, that was probably at a time where Jaws and Randall were sort of both getting playing time. Um, but 104 is the is the NFL record. And then there's a big gap between that 86 Eagles team and then the next closest team, the 97 Cardinals, mm. were you know gave up 78 sacks. You mentioned uh, David Carr before. They're the they're third. The 2002 Texans. Uh, allowed 76 sacks, but they're on a pace for 97. So they're on a pace to get way over like the, you know, they're like, they're firmly in like second worst ever in terms of uh, sacks allowed, at least the pace that they're on right now. It's a bad offensive line. And I think Sam Howe probably holds onto the ball a little bit too long. You mentioned the scheme that they're not helping out the offensive line or how, Probably all factors in, in why they're allowing all these sacks. But, you know, the Eagles got five against them week four. They got to do better mm-hmm. than that in, in this game because they're, you know, basically the commanders are, are giving up like six per game, which is crazy. <laughs> but, uh, the uh, yeah, the, the, the Eagles certainly have the uh, capability to, uh, you know, get to the quarterback plenty against it. They have matchups, matchup advantages everywhere. So Josh Sweat against Charles Leno. Uh, clearly mismatch in favor of Sweat. Hassan Reddick against Andrew Wiley, by the way, and Reddick did get one in that game week four. I was very happy about that because obviously Andrew Wiley was the guy who was blocking against Reddick 
uh, in the Super Bowl when there was no traction whatsoever. So uh, Reddick was happy with himself to to get a sack against him. We, it was the first sack of the season. Yeah, that, that was the against, first uh, game Andrew Wiley. he played without the cast on. Yes, yeah. So he's kind of taken off. Uh, what has he got? Five and a half, I think, in the uh, last four four Eagles games. Um, Josh Sweat has really started to take off. He had two uh, against the Miami Dolphins on Sunday night. He's playing really well. And then on the interior, man, I mean, the Eagles have a matchup advantage pretty much against anyone that are going to play this season on the interior with Jalen Carter and Fletcher Cox and Jordan Davis and Milton Williams. But in this game, especially like Nick Gates is their starting center. I think PFF has him down for, I think it's six sacks allowed, which is insane for a center. Like, I don't think Jason Kelsey has allowed six sacks probably in the last six years. Like, it's so like, and centers typically like aren't dinged for that many sacks on a season for him to give up six so far is crazy. We already mentioned uh, Sadiq Charles may be replaced in the lineup. And then Sam Cosme, again, just kind of a guy. So they just have matchup advantages everywhere mm-hmm. uh, along the trenches on the defensive side of the ball. And they really have to take advantage of that in this game. I think this could potentially be like another Eagles commanders game from the first one last year, where I think we're kind of in for a sandwich from where last year's yeah. first commanders game, smooth sailing for the Eagles. They won like 24 to eight or whatever they, and that was, and they, they sacked Carson Wentz, I think like eight times. Was it? It was a shutout until garbage time. Yeah. They sacked Carson Wentz. I think nine times they got to him. Not, that nine might be right. Got yeah. to him a ton. And it was a laugher of a game. And then Eagles obviously lost to the commanders in Philly. And then, you know, that game kind of felt like similar a little bit to the one earlier this year where I think this one, and I think part of that is because I think maybe the Eagles have more of an edge going down to FedEx field for whatever reason. I think maybe there's something, I don't know if it's intentional or not that, you know, Oh, it's the commanders. We're at home. We we got this as opposed to like, well, we're going on the road. So we really have to focus. Obviously it's not the most hostile place to play ever, but still there's that road element that you have to account for. And they, they actually, even though it is on the road, they do get good support down there. You know, you obviously get a lot of Eagles fans who make the trip yeah. down there. And I think uh, they feed off of that. So I think that kind of helps them. Um, anything else from this matchup? Well, I think uh, that's also notable too. You mentioned like, you know, being up for this game or whatever. They have the Cowboys next week and it'd be mm-hmm. easy to look ahead to that. But I think because they, because this team took them to overtime yep. week four, that exactly. they're not going to be, they're not going to overlook them in this game. Yep. Um, so I don't think, I don't think they have to worry about that. I guess the only other matchup I have is pretty much what we have to mention for every commander's game, which is Terry McLaurin, mm. who's awesome. Like he's a great, he's a legit Specifically great awesome receiver against the Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Always has big, big, big games against them. Like even during the Jim Schwartz era, uh, you know, and, and yeah. during the Gannon era, of course. And he had, what do you do? A eight, eight for 90 something, I think. Uh, week four or something mm-hmm. like that but he was uh you know their 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 leading receiver week four mm-hmm. and uh you have to worry about him playing in the slot because mm-hmm. the eagles are still mm-hmm. kind of you know not totally settled there yet with bradley Roby being out so uh yeah i mean just in the in the same way where like they really paid a lot of extra attention to tyreek hill yeah I don't know if you t- have to take it to that extreme. I think you do. I think, I mean, maybe you do different players, but at this point, make someone else beat you. Like get beat by John True. Johnson, get beat by if Curtis, him, whoever, like get beat by them. Who cares? Yeah. You can live with that. Right. Don't let Terry beat you at this time. Yeah, that's probably right. All and, right. That's all I had. Just watch out for Terry. So, like, he's not, he's wearing number 17. I have a gif of him like waving. That I that I've used and mm-hmm. I use it for every five matchups against the Cowboys every year. Right. <laughs> in both matchups. He's waving like, I'm number seventeen, cover me. Worry yeah. about me. Don't worry about the other guys. I mean Logan <laughs> Thomas. Yeah, like like let someone else beat you. Yeah. Who cares? And, and you can live with that. Uh 
I will say for both Brian Johnson and Sean Desai, this is their first time as a coordinator playing against a team they faced already. So that'll be kind of be interesting to see to what extent there are adjustments and what is learned and if, if there are issues that persist. So that's kind of like, I think, an interesting subplot or not even a subplot, a main plot, whatever, whatever you want to call it to follow along. And uh, yeah, I definitely think there needs to be an adjustment there on Terry McLaurin. And that's it's easier said than done. You know, star receiver is going to get his to some extent, but it does feel to me like they could get a little bit more aggressive in making sure he doesn't touch the ball as much or he's not giving the opportunities as much as they are willing to allow someone else to beat them a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's take a break here, Jimmy. And uh, why don't you send us to break? Back after this. Chris and Rocha Road Trail Tours, Road Trail Tours, Road Trail Tours. Chris and Rocha Road Trail Tours. She's the greatest. 856-906-9295. Back here on BGN Radio. I feel it's a good episode so far, Jimmy. Not that I think we have, you know, terrible episodes. Maybe we do. I don't know. But I feel like it's I feel like I have some bad episodes. I can speak for myself. I've never had like... a bad episode in my life. <laughs> That's my famous catchphrase. Uh, okay. Let's get into our DraftKings same game parlay promotion that we do every week, which we cook up. Thanks to our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. I just placed some bets on DraftKings Sportsbook as it relates to the Phillies Diamondbacks game. Sad to say, made a bunch of money off of betting the Diamondbacks money line. <laughs> so I'm, I'm coping. Wow, you're a big trader to the I mean, city of Philadelphia. I totally believe in setting myself up for a win-win. Either the Phillies, look, I look at, at it as if I'm paying for a win. If I have to do what it takes, if I have to spend my money to help the Phillies win, and they do, great. Perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. And if it doesn't work out, well, then at least I have been compensated. At least you got some extra money. <laughs> my emotional distress. So uh, it worked for me. I feel like that plan only really works, by the way, if uh, the team that you're betting on is the under, especially well, if you're on money line, is the underdog. Well, which is it really makes it worth your while to bet the money line on and that it, team. And it did in this case like with the three to one odds or whatever it is. But yeah. Uh, and certainly the Diamondbacks were heavy mm-hmm. uh, underdogs, at least for the two games combined coming back to Philly here. And I but, mean, I don't, I don't even know if I want to think about it. Yeah, I'm sorry <laughs> to bring it up again. I'm kind of over it emotionally. I'm not like I'm not over it in terms of like I'm fine with it, but like I'm moving on. Uh, Eagle season. Yeah. Too much to think about with the Eagles. Sixers start tonight, by the way, but who cares? OK, yeah. <laughs> uh, were they Milwaukee? I think. Yeah. This week, our Eagles same game parlay that I cooked up is Eagles minus seven with the spread. I have over on 87 and a half A.J. Brown receiving yards. I mean, he's on a streak of 125 plus in five straight games. Eventually, that streak will come to an end. But why believe it's slowing down anytime soon? He's unstoppable right now. I feel like that's a worthwhile chance to take. And then I'm taking the under on 0.5 Jalen Hurts interceptions. I think he's going to be a little bit more conscientious about taking care of the ball and... That's the same game parlay. It's at plus 420. So you bet $10, for example, you would win uh, 52 total, profit of 42. So 
up to you if you want to check that out at DraftKings Sportsbook. Each week, they have new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit cccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Kansas licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, slash com slash football terms for eligible. I messed that one less up. Let's take that again. com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resources. <sighs> okay. Oh. Uh. Four games to pick, Jimmy. I went back and looked at our against the spread picks this year. We are both 15, mm. 14, and 1 against the spread. Oh, really? I'm over 500? Identically. All yep. right. You had a good okay. week. Five. Beautiful. Uh, Eagles straight up. We are both 6 and 1. I forget the against the spread there. I have to look that up. Okay. <clears throat> Four games to pick from. All except, I think uh, I forget all the NFC's games are in the one o'clock window this week, which is a little um, not fun because usually you like to see them spread out so you can see more than just one. In any case, we're going to start outside the NFC East as we do with the Eagles owning the Saints second round pick, at least as of now. Saints are one point favorites at the Colts. I'm going to start. Give me the Colts, baby. Colts, uh, they have some moxie to them. I think they're going to be mad coming off of a game. They got really hosed. Uh, they got hosed at the end of that Browns game. Some really bad penalty calls against them. Colts have some fight to them. I will say maybe I'm underrating Gardner Minshew going up against the Saints. We saw what that looked like last year. That was not very pretty. But I think Shane Steichen has done a nice job thus far. And I think the Colts have something uh, to them where they they have some fight to them. And I'm just not buying the Saints. And the Colts are getting a single point at home. So why not? Saints are kind of a mess right now where um, Derek Carr is just not on the same page with his receivers. There's a play in in, in uh, uh, week seven uh, where Chris Olave, like Derek Carr threw a deep ball to Chris Olave and he wasn't running hard after it. The ball like was way out of bounds. So like nobody had a chance of, of catching that pass at all. So it was weird after that play that Derek Carr was like screaming at Chris Olave on that play. So in the aftermath of that game, um, there's a lot of debate about what should have happened on that play. Like Dan Orlovsky was talking about on ESPN. A lot of people were kind of chiming in on, on whatever. Then Michael Thomas, one of these saints, other receivers, of course, basically said like what the progression is on that play. So Taysom Hill uh, ran a little out route on the same side of the field as Chris Olave. He's read number one. If that's not there, then you have 22 on the other on the backside. I think he was running like a little, little, um, a uh, little crosser. Uh, that's progression number two. And then number three was Michael Thomas uh, on like kind of a 15 yard dig route. And he was, so basically what Michael Thomas was saying is under no circumstances is the ball going to Chris Olave. Mm-hmm. He's ba- his job on that play is basically just to be a clear out. And that's it. So first of all, I think it's crazy that that would like, that that's even the case. Like what if you have like a, a cornerback, kind of like mugged up right. on on Chris Olave and you down. don't you can see there there isn't like safety help and he just dusts his man at the line mm-hmm. like can't you just 
throw it up to your, by the way, your best receiver in that situation. <laughs> that you traded up for it, yeah. <laughs> right. So, like, it's crazy for me that that's even part of the scheme. But also, like, uh, the bigger picture here is Michael Thomas is basically saying, shut the hell, and I mean, not in these words, obviously, but shut up, Derek Carr. Stop screaming at Chris Olave. You didn't even go through the progression. Michael Thomas even said, like, eyes only went on seven, meaning Taysom, Taysom Hill, and he didn't come to the backside at all to 22 or 13, which he was referring to as himself. So anyway, a lot, a lot of uh, disagreement, not on the same page at all uh, between the quarterback and the receivers there. Bad vibes all over the place in that organization. Then Chris Olavi, by the way, got arrested during the week for, <sighs> I mean, I've never heard of anyone getting arrested for, I, I mean, he was going like, I think it was 35 Allegedly. miles an hour over the speed limit, which is a lot, obviously, but is that arrestable? I think it was, he was going 70 and a 35, which is obviously reckless. You get, they feel like you get pulled over in that kind of situation. I mean, just load that guy up with a buttload of tickets, but like to, to arrest them. I don't know if there's like something else involved in that. Like if there was, I don't, like, no, don't speculate. Don't definitely don't okay, speculate. Fine, <laughs> fine. I won't speculate. But uh, weird to be arrested for just that. Anyway, uh, he did get arrested. They let him go pretty quickly. Um, I don't know. Just uh, bad vibes all over the place. And like you said, the Colts are kind of plucky. Yeah. And uh, and and there's something to Shane Steichen mm-hmm. as a, as a head coach. I I really like what I've seen from him so far. Like there was the one play where uh, like his game against the against the Ravens really impressed me, where he was doing like a lot of stuff like kind of keeping Jim Harbaugh, uh, excuse me, John Harbaugh on his toes, um, uh, like got them to call a timeout at, at, at once, uh, like is coaching like mm-hmm. a veteran coach, and he's getting the most out of. I mean, you look at that team on paper, yeah. and they are not impressive at yes. all. But he's got the three and four isn't a great record, obviously. As you mentioned, they probably should be four and three mm-hmm. uh, with the way they got hosed last week. But they're playing way above their heads. And I just like where they are as a team more than where I like the Saints. We some breaking that news. Was a, that was a pretty too long uh, analysis yeah, on the it game. Was, especially <laughs> but, everyone's but, turned the sorry. off. All right. <laughs> uh, Eagles news here. The injury report was issued on okay. Thursday. We have some news because Bradley Roby, he was out. That's uh, to be expected. Milton Williams was limited again, expected. Reed Blankenship full again, expected. But a couple new developments. James Radbury, ankle. Zach Cunningham, ankle. And then Jordan Davis, hamstring were limited in practice. Really? So, yeah, I don't know what that's all about. I don't know if uh, those oh, were all yeah, picked up in that. practice, but that's not what you want to see. It's not time to panic or anything, but that's those aren't like positive developments. That's weird that they are added. I, and so, like yesterday was a walkthrough too. Yeah. So, <clears throat> well, it's an estimated uh, report on Wednesday, so it's I guess in theory uh, it's right. possible okay. that they underestimated the team underestimated some of the injuries that guys were dealing with that and then be. when they went out there and they kind of didn't feel as good as they may have originally thought they were so we'll stay tuned to the friday injury report to get more clarity on that but uh for now worth mentioning kind of hmm. not you know having the specifics we'll see how that goes obviously players will talk to on friday so we'll get a bit it's not like they're talking today so we'll have to kind of wait and see on that front and certainly by the time you listen to this, maybe you'll have that information, but we're reacting to it live. Okay, so we both have the Colts plus one. Let's move on to Rams at Cowboys minus six. Who do you have in that one? I have the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's pretty easy. Cowboys are a good team, and I don't think the Rams are. I just don't. The Rams are kind of hard to figure out. I mean, I don't 
I don't think they're great, but I don't think they're terrible. I, you know, they're somewhere in between there. And I, I feel like I've consistently, I said this to RJ on the mixtape this week, I, like I keep ending up having them at 16th in my power rankings. So I kind of don't know what to do with them. They're kind of just like hanging out in the middle there. Uh, I could take or leave a couple spots up or I can up, move up or down a couple. I think it's possible. Matthew Stafford could have a really good game against them, but until it happens, I, I mean, you know, Puka Nakua has been unstoppable. Basically he's producing every single week. Maybe he really goes off against the Cowboys. I think it'd be great for the sake of helping the Eagles, but I just don't really believe it uh, until I see it. So I will also take the Cowboys to cover. I think, I think the Rams have a decent chance of covering. I think they can make it a competitive game, but I think the Cowboys will win. So I will take them to cover as well. Let's move on to the New York football jets at the New York football giants. The jets. I struggled with, I struggle with this one. Okay. Uh, Do you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. I'll take the jets because I know the giants have been, Building some positive momentum in theory. Okay, they've scored what? Scored 14 points last week. And then they were at, what did they score against the Bills? 12 or whatever. Like, they were at 7. Low-scoring game. They've played a little bit better, but I also think it's about their competition not looking great as part of the equation there. The Jets are well-rested coming off the bye week, and Mm -hmm. they are getting, I think, their cornerbacks back, which is, or at least Sauce Gardner, which is important, obviously. And... That Jets defensive front is strong. We saw it give the Eagles offensive line issues. The Giants offensive line, as you outlined, is way worse. So I yeah. think that's going to give the Giants front some issues. The Jets are going to prove they are the superior MetLife football team. And uh, I do worry about Zach Wilson, obviously, because he's prone to turning the ball over. And I do think one thing that Terod Taylor has been good at, not only this year, but throughout his career, is yes. taking care of the ball. And that's a big factor. But... That being said, I just really like that Jets defensive front going up against this uh, Giants offensive line. So I will take the Jets to win and cover. Yeah, that's where I landed on my written version of these picks was just that 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 matchup is really scary for the Giants, that that Jets front against their their offensive line. But I mean, they like you mentioned, they've been playing a lot better. The Giants have the the last couple of weeks, particularly on defense, which you know, against this Jets offense, as we saw, I mean, I mean, even against the Eagles, they they couldn't get anything going really against the Eagles uh, in that game were beneficiaries of turnovers. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, give me the Jets too, mm-hmm. but I am not, I don't, th- I don't think much of that Jets team, especially on offense, obviously, but um, they're better than the Giants and te- technically it's a home game for them. <laughs> um, I think they're better coached so- than the Giants are. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, I, mean, well, I wouldn't say for sure. But I, I think, sure. I think Dable has he's a coward. The shine, he's, he's the shine is off of him a little bit after you know being NFL Coach of the Year mm-hmm. uh, a year ago. I think I th- he's had a rough. Go- the thing about Dable too, man, is he will let everyone watching the game know when somebody else mm-hmm. has has messed up, whether it's, well, it's never coach his fault or whether it's whether it's a player. He will. He is very demonstrative about about um, showing up players and so, i mean yeah i'm sure the players uh, love that against uh the bills at the end of the first half in that game where what happened again there where i heard they, it was Tarad checked to a run yeah that's what it was so they were they were like 12 seconds or something like that i think it was around tw- maybe even one more anyway whatever they it was it was a the play call came in and there's a there's a check to a run associated with the play call that came in but i think it was supposed to be understood that 
he wasn't supposed to check to the run under any circumstances. But then he did, and then they ran it, and then tick, 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 tick. They didn't have any timeouts. Tick, 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 time runs out. No points at all heading into the half. And Dable was just screaming at Tyrod Taylor going into, like, don't do that. Wait until you get into the locker room and then scream at him. Don't let everyone uh, on TV know that, or you know think that it was totally his fault mm-hmm. and not your fault. Take some accountability on, on your own as well, Dable. Yep. So, um Players, you know, see that and they they don't appreciate it. So, uh, there was an incident where he's reaming out Daniel Jones on the side through the iPad, basically right next through it, like to the empty spot on the bench, right next to Daniel Jones. Mm. Can't be can't be doing that crap up week in and week out. Players get pissed at that and they notice it. They don't like it. So and they you know start to lose respect, start to lose the locker room. So yeah, so maybe there's something to more it. But into the Jets now. <laughs> But yeah, I, I I do think the Jets are are certainly the better overall good roster. Just that quarterback, man. Mm-hmm. I just don't have any faith in 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 Zach Wilson at all. Yeah, so, but okay. what's the delta, you know, between him and Terod Taylor true. at this point? True, so, true, yeah. Okay, uh, and also the way the Jets coach, they seem to, you know, they're they're under no illusions that like they can't just have him drop back forty times. They know they yep. need to run the ball a lot, so I think they try to limit what he has to do. Okay, they know their defense has to win the game. Yeah. Um, would not be the worst thing, though. I mean, I, I think the Eagles probably would prefer a Giants win, right, in terms of just ruining their uh, their draft position there. Uh, yeah, I think so. maybe. What are they? Two and five. Uh, yeah, two and six. Yeah, I mean they're not a threat. If you, if you, if like yeah, if they played them, five. like if they somehow made the playoffs, they <laughs> he must be thrilled to play them in the first round again. Sure, <laughs> you know, right? So yeah, I think the more games they win, they're probably probably the better. And also, it's an AFC win. It's not even an NFC win for them. Um, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Looking at the final game, then, is the Philadelphia Eagles, who are seven-point favorites, as I mentioned, up from six and a half, where the line opened at against the Commanders. The Eagles covering against the Commanders in Philly was my lock of the week that week. It's the only lock of the week I've not hit on this year for the SB Nation NFL show. And going back to last year, I'm pretty good on these. I I think I went 12-6 and in the regular season last year, and then I believe I went... uh, I went 14 and six. If you include prior to the Super Bowl, I lost the Super Bowl one because I picked the Eagles. But you know that's only one game to pick from. If I if you give me like multiple games to pick from, <laughs> I can typically find the one that makes sense. And therefore, I am what I am 20 and seven in my last 27 lock of the week oh, picks. That's pretty good. So yeah, yeah I feel like I'm, especially because RJ more than pretty good. RJ's like under 500 or whatever. Um, way better than him. What does he know about football? <laughs> so, yeah, I feel good about that. And those are all against the spread, again, if it wasn't clear. So it's not like I'm just doing straight up. I am making this my lock. I'm double. I'm going back because I, I felt like I was not dumb to pick the Eagles in that game. Like, I, I don't think my confidence was misplaced as much as just weird things happened that weren't really predictable. And which makes, you know, our jobs annoying sometimes because you try to you know, analyze things and make a prediction. Yeah, you based... can get it right. And the, the the result of the game can still go against you. Right. But it's just like, okay, well, all this unforeseen stuff happened. That was kind of not really sustainable or predictable. And I think I'm leaning into that. I'm doubling down and I'm saying this will manifest. And I also just feel like the Eagles are due, right? They haven't had that game this year where they've kind of just totally blown out a team. Right. And, you know, the Bucks game, I guess, kind of came a little close to that, but not not 
fully. They dominated that team, but on the scoreboard, it wasn't really like that. I think the turnovers dry up for the Eagles. I think they get some takeaways in this one. I think they find a way to dominate that Washington offensive line. The commanders, again, kind of in bad spirits, I think, for the most part, other than maybe a few motivated players ahead of the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. But that could also lead to like selfish play as opposed to team play. You know, you could have players kind of, you know, like doing what's right for them as opposed to playing fundamentally sound defense for the team. Uh, and overall, uh, you know, you have a coach here who's a lame duck head coach. There's calls to fire Ron Rivera. He's a very strong candidate to be fired if they keep losing. And I'm sure they'll put yep. Eric Yenmi in as an interim coach or whatever they want to do there. Uh, so, yeah, give me the Eagles. They're my lock of the week for the SB Nation NFL show this week. I think they cover and I think they do it soundly. <clears throat> yeah, as I mentioned, they had all the oddball things. And as you mentioned as well, you know, the, the oddball things that happened week four. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, I mean, you can't count on that again. The Eagles won anyway in that game. Commanders are 27th in point differential this year mm-hmm. in the NFL. Minus 50 point differential. 27th in DVOA. 28th in pass defense. And, uh, you know, as mentioned earlier, they've given up 40 sacks and blah, 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 blah. Pretty simple to me. The Eagles are a very good team. And in my opinion, Commanders are a very bad team. Mm-hmm. So uh, give me the Eagles and, and I'll gladly lay. I, I, I would have more gladly laid the six and a half, but I will also gladly lay the seven. Okay. Any final thoughts, Jimmy? Yeah, just again, happy my boy Butters is doing well again. And uh, I... I I would have more comments about the the Phillies, but I I don't mm. think I have the uh, no. I don't, I don't think I have it in me, and uh, and like you, really just couldn't care less about the Sixers. I was going to say, what's your Sixers just, prediction I, this year? I just I just don't care. <laughs> I really don't. And I don't know. If, I don't know. I guess enough about um, you know the other teams around the league, mm-hmm. so it's hard for me to you know kind of I don't know. It seems uh, like the Celtics pred- got better, which is. Predict yeah. where like where they'll land in in like the Eastern Conference, for example. I, I just don't know yeah, enough, and so. I can I can pretty you know confidently say the Celtics are going to be better, and the Bucks will probably be. Bucks mm-hmm. are still good, right? So They're better like, uh, maybe because they got Dame Lillard. All oh, right. Who else is better than the Sixers heading into this? Season? I don't know. Everyone Eastern Conference. I, well, they're they're going to get like the four seed again, aren't they? And they're going to beat someone, and then they're the going to lose in the second round. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's well, that's probably like the best outcome, realistically, of what their ceiling <laughs> is. Like, that's probably the most they can do. Oh, so, now, so now the thing that they've done every year, extremely frustratingly, mm-hmm. is now their the ceiling. ceiling as well. Well, it's always Ugh. been their ceiling all along. It turns out, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm not. And hey, if I'm wrong. Would love to be wrong. Props to them. But until they've they've lost all benefit of the doubt. Until they actually get out of the second round, like don't wake me up until they do because I don't. I need... did watch them a fair amount last year too. Like there are some seasons where I watched do and some seasons amount. I don't. Uh, I watched them a good amount last, even the previous year as well. I, I remember watching them in Costa Rica mm. one time when they're in the playoffs uh, against the Celtics, and there were a bunch of Celtics fans in the bar. I was at tough. And it was, just yeah, tough the is worst. exactly the word. <laughs> tough is they lost the. You know, needless to say, they lost. I think it was actually the clinching game too mm. that they lost to the Celtics uh, wow. on my on my vacation in Costa Rica. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I I can't I I can't do it with that team again. I mean, maybe I'll watch in the playoffs, but in a mm. totally uninvested way, like just expecting badness, and then being ah, I knew it. Yep, I. <laughs> I think for me, 
I don't have like plans to watch them. If I happen to watch them, I think that's when I'll be watching them. Like if, if I have nothing else going on and I'm at home anyway and I'm bored, I might put the game on while I'm probably doing something else anyway, but they are certainly not any kind of appointment viewing for me at all. And I don't expect them to be. They're more interested when more interesting when they were tanking. Oh, I agree. I watched all those games and I had fun watching those <laughs> games because they played It'd be like yeah, like if they played a team tight yep. and then like that team like hit a hit a three to win, you'd be like, Yes, yes. great loss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it felt like they were building towards something. You know, there was a vision here. And I can yeah. get behind that. You can get behind like a movement, a vision. But right now, what is this team's vision? What is the vision of this team? I don't, and I don't want to get into it. Whatever. There's, you know, you can check out Liberty Ballers <laughs> if you want to check out, uh, you know, six- Adam. Uh, yeah, we, we, we just, uh, we just hired Sixers Adam, yes. by the way, at Philly Voice. Philly Voice. So, uh, formerly from the rights to Ricky Sanchez. So, yeah, you can check it out. So all maybe out. you do get into the Sixers season and read, uh, read Adam. Well, read, read his work for sure. <laughs> I yes. think, honestly, my, my, my honest, like this, I'm not just saying this as a bit to help like support your stance. My honest take is I'll probably listen to some six. I'll listen to Sixers podcast. I listen to Sixers podcast, and I'll check out some of the articles and stuff. I will do that, but I'm not like going to watch the games as much. I'll, 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 and I'll, you know, I'll follow along on Twitter and stuff. I have more interest in like, you know, I'll check in on them as more than I'm actually going to like watch them. That's fine. Okay. Did you know his background by the way, Sixers Adam, Adam Aronson? What do you mean? So he was the one that broke the. No, 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 no. He broke the, uh, the, the Colangelo burner stuff yes. with the ninety one Colangelo burner number. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's just he's still in college, by the way. So that he ball. was super. He was super young when he broke that. That's yeah. crazy that he uncovered that. Well, he, he had to have been what? How many years ago was that? That was like twenty eighteen ish. So yeah. So he was like 16, 17 when he broke that. That's insane. My final thought uh, is more death related. (laughs) A lot of death talk on the podcast. Not very fun. Um, uh, I've shared in the past that my, you know, my grandmother, my mom's mom passed away uh, 2022. My dad's mom passed away relatively recently. Um, And I don't have any grandparents anymore, which is sad. Um, But uh, also like my third grandmother, uh, unfortunately, kind of passed away she was my next door neighbor it's okay um yeah she was a great lady i just wanted to pay tribute to her she was a great lady next door neighbor to your parents yeah next door neighbor to me growing up currently still to my parents they live in the same place uh not to dox them but uh where where (laughs) i grew up basically i won't get too descriptive but basically like we had one full-time neighbor that we would see like i was we're next to two houses but the one side is like oriented in a way where we didn't like see them a lot just they faced a different road and uh, my next door neighbor who passed away, um, you know, she was like right next to us. So they were like, you know, our, like our one true neighbors that we saw all the time. And and she was just a sweet lady who uh, like she was like, you know, um, it's kind of like the neighborhood grandmother. And that like she always had like lollipops and candy to give out to the kids. She would yeah, always like yeah, throw yeah. treats out for my dog growing up. Like she was just like a real character, real caretaker, a really sweet lady. Um, when I moved out of my parents' house um she like stopped over by the moving truck and like gave me a hug and said like she was proud of me and everything so uh yeah just like a really sweet lady and it's a shame you know that she uh is no longer with us but just wanted to give her her due here because uh you gotta do that you gotta appreciate and remember the people that matter in your life and are a big part of your life so her name is wanda shout out to wanda sweet lady special lady 
uh, was always friendly to my grandparents. So there was that connection too. Uh, yeah, great lady. She lives on in memory. And uh, <laughs> I don't know how to end the podcast now, but. <laughs> well, let me give one, one last shout out to my, to my mail carrier okay. of, of all people. So like my mail carrier every day, every single day would put a dog bone in the mailbox mm-hmm. for Charlie. And then uh, I was out walking today, as I mentioned, and I happened to, you know, walk by, like not by my house, but by a different house in her neighborhood. She was doing a route and I stopped her. And I'm like, hey, I'm sorry to uh, stop you from you know your work for a minute, but uh, I don't want to keep her. Ha- I don't want to have her keep putting dog bones you know, my mailbox every day, you know, now my dog's gone. Um, oh. and I told her about, you know, Charlie passing, whatever. She started to cry. Wow. Like, uh, when I, when I told her, so that, that was, uh, I don't know. That was, that was, you know, very, you know, very, uh, cool lady. Yeah. Uh, you can't take those things carrier. for granted. That's all. Like those are, I think those things are easy to take for granted. Cause there's this, such like these small interactions and you like, you get worried so much about what you have to do in a given day in terms of like, Oh, I got to do this article or podcast for us. Yeah. Specifically. I have to do this work. I have to get ready. I have to get dressed. I have to hang out. You know, there's so much, you, you kind of maybe lose those little interactions sometimes, um, in terms of the bigger picture, but they matter. And I think it's nice to take the time to stop down and at least appreciate those. So that's our moral of the story here as we end the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Good episode, long episode. What a journey, emotional roller coaster. Um, <laughs> this, <coughs> excuse me, I, I've been dealing with this cough, Jimmy. It's not great. I went camping over the weekend, and I think being around the campfire did not really help uh, me. Yeah. So sorry okay. for the coughing that's been going on. If you've heard that, I've been trying to mute my microphone when I can. Uh, in any case, good episode. Eagles six and one heading to. FedEx Field, Landover, Maryland, the worst stadium in the NFL, or at least uh, one of them. By far, by far. By far the worst. Aiming to go 7-1 and one before a huge game against the Cowboys, which very look very much looking forward to next week, but got to get through this week first. Um, check out all of our sponsor information here at BGN Radio in the show notes. Righteous Helen Craft Jerky, Wrong Crowd Beer Company, Chris Roach, Roach Realtors, all that is in the episode description below, along with our social media handles. For my work, you can check out bleedingyournation.com. Jimmy Kempsey's work available at the aforementioned phillyvoice.com. We will be back with you early next week after the Eagles play the Commanders to break it all down. And hopefully it's a win because that would be fun to set up Cowboys week. Until next time. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N.